Contrera, and you're listening to Beyond Bechdel, the podcast about film and feminism. We had some very cheery music to bring us into this week's episode, which is part two of a two-parter about gaming and girls. I recommend that you stop this podcast right now and go back and listen to part one first. For those of you still listening, on with the cast. Now it's time for one of Contreras' stats sections. According to the website Statista.com, in 2017, women accounted for nearly 42% of all gamers in the US. And the lowest percentage of gamers that women accounted for was back in 2006, which was 38%. Sales of video games make $70 billion a year. And there are about 1.8 billion gamers in the world which is around a quarter of the world's entire population. So with some quick sums, if these stats are correct, then there are 756 million women in the world currently interested in playing video games. And another fun stat, the happiest people in the world, according to a recent UN survey, are the Finns from Finland. Coincidentally, in a breakdown of female versus male gamers comparing how many girls versus how many guys in each country in the world, the highest ratio of female gamers is 49% to 51% male in Finland. So because stats never lie, that must mean that happy people like playing video games. So why are there so few games to service these 756 million female gamers? Some studies have determined that women don't like open-world, first-person shooter or sandbox games, to which I respond with a loud, you're wrong. They're all the types of games that I like, and I'm sure if you're listening to this and you play video games, you agree. Maybe it's something to do with Gamergate. The furore around Gamergate reached a crescendo in 2014. It was a result of a systematic build-up of harassment against female gamers as a result of increased criticism of how women and minorities were portrayed in video games. In Gamergate, feminism wasn't a progressive movement, but a system used to take all the fun out of gaming. But don't take my word for it. Listen to game critic Anita Sarkeesian when she appeared on The Colbert Report and make up your own mind. There is something going on, and what it is, is women being harassed and threatened and terrorized for... After you first attacked male gamers for enjoying looking at big-breasted women with tiny armor that barely covers their nipples. <laughs> what is wrong with that? I like what that looks like. I'm well, a man, baby. Newsflash. Great. I like it. Well, one of the problems with that is it actually reinforces this cultural myth that women are sexual objects and sexual playthings for male amusement, and we're not. Yep, she said it, we're not. So now for the remainder of the podcast, where Nick and I discuss sex in video games, in particular in The Witcher 3, and then we move to something I've been really looking forward to my entire gaming life, which is a post-gender game in the form of Bloodborne. Enjoy, see you on the other side. I thought maybe we could talk about um, 
RPGs and maybe The Witcher. The Witcher 3. The Witcher 3. The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. And we never really played The Witcher 1 or 2, so we can't really talk about those. No. We only really played The Witcher 3. Um, and this is a game based on books. Mm. Uh, I think the guy's Polish. And they weren't... I don't think they were hugely successful books, but the games have now... They've, they've overtaken the books, definitely, yeah. haven't they? Well, they're, and they're the world over, whereas I'm not entirely sure that the books were other than in the kind of fantasy yeah. community. So, well, so what happens? You, you play, you play um, Geralt of Rivia, who is uh, a witcher. Witches are these sort of dying cast of humanity who's, who go through a sort of very rigorous training program um, that could actually kill you, in theory, as a, as a child, and you to become a witcher who is basically a monster hunter. And all witches really do is just hire themselves out um, uh, to kill to kill monsters. It's set in this world in which uh, humans and monsters live side by side, not always in harmony. <laughs> and, and you you roam around this absolutely enormous open world um, with your sword and your armor and your horse, um, taking on missions, taking on various contracts. Um, and then there's an overarching quest, um, the overarching quest being that you uh, are chasing after this girl, Siri, who is uh, like a daughter to you, but but not your daughter. And you're basically trying to save her from something, and it becomes evident as the game unfolds what that something is. The Witcher is a hugely um, revered game. It has won awards. It's really fun to play. It's huge. It has this massive open world. And it has created many, many characters who have their own yeah, personalities. Yeah, huge numbers, huge numbers. And in terms of the podcast, um, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because of the female characters. Now, The Witcher is possibly somewhat controversial in terms of how female characters are treated within the game. There is a constant kind of battle between the importance of the female characters in the game and the way that they are portrayed in relation to Geralt yeah. and their sexuality. So you have Ciri um, as a kind of trainee witcher in herself. She looks a lot yeah. like Geralt. She has the white hair and pale skin. She's an excellent swordsmith, but she looks very, very pretty. She looks like a model and she's not particularly... She's pretty slim. She looks great in her outfit. and um, She's a killing machine. Though, but, yeah, she has these powers that have not been tempered properly and she's not using them well and she can accidentally cause all sorts of damage and kill people. So she is, to some extent, intrinsic to the plot and there yes, are parts yes. of it where you play as her. Otherwise, the rest of the game is basically you're playing as Geralt. Um, and then you have at least two other important female characters. You mm -hmm. have Yennefer and you have Triss. Uh, they're both sorceresses. I don't know if they're slightly different schools. And they look very different. So you have Ciri is the, is the white-haired, blonde kind of model character. You have Triss, who is this more kind of wood-spirity. Elfie, uh, elfie, very red-haired. Good-looking. Everybody's good-looking. So I don't think that that's necessarily a, a, a gender misogynistic thing because Geralt's very beautiful and has this body that you get to see all the time. Um, and a lot of the characters are quite good-looking, so that's fine. And she... Um, she, she the, What's interesting about The Witcher 3 is that you, as Geralt, can also make choices about the relationships that you have with the female characters yes. in the game. Yes. Because you don't... You can't have kids if you're a Witcher. 
Um, and there is definitely a kind of sexual content to the game, yeah. which is actually what makes it quite exciting because it's something different. I was kind of shocked when I was playing it to see that there were some, you know, kind of 18 rated characters. So yes, you have Triss, who is someone who um, has a history with Geralt and you can possibly change the plot. You make decisions while you're playing the game and you could get into a romantic and sexual relationship with her. Plus there is Yennefer, who I took when I was playing the game as uh, Geralt's true love or person he's supposed to be with, um, who has, she's, she's a really, she's drawn very well because she has this long Elvira type hair and black and white outfits and sometimes she wears a dress, sometimes she wears uh, trousers and a top and it's all very much, you know, leathers, like Robin Hood-esque. But she and she is sexy, but I'm not entirely sure she's sexual. It's well, I mean, you know, we're probably get, getting ahead of ourselves, but there are definitely scenes in, yes, in you, that game where there's a, there's a sex scene with a unicorn. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Um, yeah, I, I, she, well, I, I, I think she is definitely painted as a, you know, she has this very kind of. I mean, she basically belongs in a shampoo commercial, if you ask me. She's <laughs> very thick, beautiful brunette hair that's always shiny. She runs a bit girly, it has to be said. <laughs> you know, you've always been uh, um, offended um, by no, she and, and she at her keeps, own pace as well. She keeps to her own yeah, pace. Yeah, I mean, you I cannot like you that. cannot speed her up <laughs> at all. There's nothing wrong um, with a woman who doesn't want to be um, married. But you know, if you look at both Triss and and Yen, they are both classically attractive people, and of course, they're both the tropes of a certain yeah. type a more kind of homely woodland spirit and this exotic like there's, there are some scenes in the game where there are men who are openly hostile to mm. Yen and they, yeah. and they are well she is a witch and they are calling her a witch with all the negative female connotations that that implies I think it's fair to say that virtually all the female characters well not all of them but, but most of them are, are witches actually yeah. and are not necessarily seen that well no, there is, no. there's Kira Metz who is kind of blonde spirity and you can or Je Geralt can also you can, have you can with sleep her. with her if you want to and, but she has some other motives in terms of who she's protecting and what her point is there's a whole other coven of witches which turn up who each have distinct personalities uh, some more pixie-like, others more femme fatale, but they very much are, I think the most important thing about The Witcher 3, in terms of propelling forward the female cause, is that all of the female characters feel like they are in charge of their own destiny. Yes. Even Ciri yes. doesn't want They're to very be very strong, saved. very strong characters, all, all of them, as it so happens. As, and I think as well, the... the obviously, rather like we were saying, um, if, if you've got a male you've got a male character to start with, it's actually quite hard to pass the Beckdale test anyway because um, you can only really have one interaction at a time. But actually... Or with, you'd, it'd with, have to be in a cutscene Yeah, watching. well, that, that's sort of what I was getting at, really, because yeah. actually with The Witcher, there are, there are a lot of cutscenes all over the place, and Yen and Triss and Siri and various other people, you know, men and women, do interact with each other in these cutscenes. I don't know if we really, never really tested whether it passed the Beckdale. It may or may it not. It definitely passes. No, yeah. it definitely passes okay. because I've seen Yen and Triss talk to each other. I've seen Yen and Sh Siri talk to each other. I don't think there are as many female-to-female -female interactions as there are male-to-female or male-to-male. -male, but I think that in terms of bringing things forward, there are... Well, there's a huge amount of characters. Yeah. But I would say it's probably along the lines of 60, 40, 70, 30 men to women. It's not more female, but you have 
um, queens and princesses and ladies of the court who play a role in the game. Yeah. You have a yeah. number of other female fighters, nowhere near as many as the male fighters. Basically, all the bandits that you have to go around and raid their camps are all men. Uh, but you you certainly have some you know proverbial good guys who are actually yeah. good girls. Yeah. And they can fight. There, there's everyone has powers and yeah. there is a kind of leveling of the playing field yeah 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 because someone like yen is seen as this very powerful sorceress who can create all these charms she doesn't need to get a sword and kill people with it no. she probably could do that if she wants to but her power is just as strong as Geralt's fighting power it's yeah. just in terms of magic and what's yeah i mean yeah i mean the the yeah, you're right. They don't need they don't need swords or any or any of that sort of stuff. And and, and they're just and they're just three of the main characters as well. I mean, we're, I mean, we're not even telling you about all of them here. But keep in mind that the the, the the world of The Witcher is so rich, you can go into entire cities like Novigrad, and 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 you can actually play the entire game in Novigrad. I actually think, but yeah, um, and where, you'd meet shop people in the yeah, shops. Yeah, there are people women. everywhere, yeah. men, and and I think it's a fairly even kind of. Yeah. Now there is a certain element of. You might argue that this is the genre in which this game is being made, which is uh, the sort of fantasy genre that I, I have to say many of the women that you meet in Novigrad or bump into seem to be prostitutes. Um, but then again, you might argue that that if you're going to make a film about medieval Europe, that then you might actually find a, a similar kind of actually set up there. Yeah, I didn't see any male prostitutes. No. There was potentially, there was one character, it's it's, it's, prob it's very heteronormative, but there are a couple of characters who are gay or implied to be gay. Yeah. And it's pretty white, I'd have to say. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in the sense that, like, yeah, prostitute, prostitution seems to be a big thing in video games. when Because, you know, sex seems to be linked to it. I and there is a part where Geralt can go to a brothel, yeah, he as can. well. Yeah. But it's not like Grand Theft Auto where I think it's salacious. I actually just doesn't he just go in and then he can just leave again and you know he's had a good well, time. It's, it's a bit. I mean, I would argue that it's wholly superfluous to the game. It, it's 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 basically go in, have sex, cut away sex scene, and then leave. And, is and, it debasing women though? Because you could say, why are those women prostitutes? Is it because they have to be? Because in all the cities and villages, you definitely have a sense that a lot of the average people are poor. So you could argue it's perpetrating that stereotype. I, I suppose what you might argue, if you were to invert genders a little bit here and say, well, let's say that Geralt was a was a as a woman, uh, would you have created a male brothel that for, for her to go in and frequent? I'm not sure that, that the gamers would have created that, yeah. in, in my view. But that aside, on the subject of sex in, in The Witcher, of course, the, the primary two um, women that, uh, well, the, the primary two heroines, at least as far as Geralt's concerned, yeah. are um, Triss and, um, and Yen. There are other people that we have mentioned before that he can, in theory, sort of have a relationship with at yeah. some point. Um, now, uh, yeah, it's not if, essential. If, it's funny to the if plot. he. Th th there's a sort of question about values as well. I think. I think in this game, and and, and I suppose treatment of women comes into it. If he generally sticks to sticks to Yen, he gets one ending. If he sticks to Triss, he gets another. If he starts taking chances Shaggy all over everybody. the place, <laughs> uh, then he generally ends up with a bad ending. Uh, yes. Or at least a perceived bad ending. Or negative consequences yeah. follow romancing yeah. two women so at the same time. promiscuity or lack of faithfulness or whatever you want to call it is punished ultimately in this game. Yeah.
I'd lost hope that you'd appear. We couldn't wait for you to show. What about me? Don't I get any? You just got exactly what you deserve. But I don't have a problem with sex being part of the game. There is a difference here between the prostitution part, which, which you know, is not the same, not given the same prominence as Yen or Triss or even Kira or any of the other witchy characters. So there is that, which might be just a factual part of big cities, perhaps in every big city in the world even today. Yeah, so yeah. on a factual basis, I don't like it, but it's factual reality. But when it comes to the, the sex scenes, you do see a couple of things. There's nothing like an 18-rated movie. Nipples. But, yeah, but I don't I I didn't feel offended by it. I found it hilarious because I didn't know these scenes were going to happen. It's always a it's 50-50. You it's, see it's, him... Well, it's always just weird seeing sex in a game. Because, yeah. you, because you know someone has, has actually had to sit <laughs> there and code this. And I always but, think... But it wasn't as, it wasn't as male gazy as it could have been. No, of course, I of didn't, it wasn't. I, you know, I've seen far worse things um, in films and TV shows in terms of, you know, showing naked bodies of women and not showing the men. Whereas I felt like there was a decision to try and make this enjoyable for whomever was watching it, whatever their sexual preference or well, gender. Well, Geralt isn't a bad old-looking chap, No, he? and he gets his top off all the time. Mm. And I don't want to see his cock in a computer game yeah. or otherwise. He's got rock-solid abs, <laughs> tell you that, man. He spends um, a lot of time at the gym, clearly. So I, I think that this is a step closer towards games having to keep in the sexual content which seems to be a part of a lot of storytelling mm. games but without necessarily being as offensive as these games once were. The women are not solely there for sexual content. Well, well, they are implicit yeah. to the plot I, and Siri's yeah. not involved in any sexual issues and she's younger even though she, she's well above being a child i mean we, we we played that game and didn't feel as though we were coming out of it watching a sexist game did we i didn't no i didn't and even with Geralt being the central character because i think that the game makers spent quite a lot of time trying to show what his moral fiber yeah, was yeah. he's a he's a little bit of a conflicted character himself because he doesn't feel things. They make it clear that he doesn't have feelings like a normal human would, yeah. so to speak. Um, and yet, so he can make these choices, but you're right. It's, it's, there are consequences to everything in The Witcher, mm. and not just yeah, yeah, plot yeah. development, but character yeah. development. And the women in the game are given names... They are given titles, they interact with each other, and they, they are different. They're yes. not just the yeah. generic woman. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they are given a place in the game. Yeah. So I feel like it is a step forward. I think it's a good, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I think they're probably important. It, it's just, it doesn't feel derogatory to me. Um, I, I, I you might sit there and argue there is the old needless nipple or unicorn scene, but that, <laughs> that, that aside, but you're right. It's not as if they're giving more sort of screen time to, to the women than the men there in terms of, so it actually makes perfect sense. And they are strong characters. They are, they're, they're very, very well developed. I mean, The Witch has a cast, I would suggest, of about 50 or 60 very strong characters that you encounter at various points. 
and 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 the women are very strong and I think it, it, it it's that sort of triangle as well Geralt, Tristan and Yen well square if you count Syrian as well somewhere in the middle of that um, you know three out of the four main characters just are women yeah so it, it does who work. make it through the entire yeah. game there are also lots of subplots and um, quests you have to go on and there, there's there's a character who has an issue with his wife leaving him and he's it's a potential um exploration of domestic violence yeah. and how that affects a person i thought that was really well yeah, done yeah, yeah, because you see the you see it more from the male perspective but you you see him come to a realization that he was a domestic abuser and that's why his wife and child left and you go off and you find the child in one city and then you find the wife somewhere else and he's going through this kind of mental breakdown i'm not really selling the game at this point but it's 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 so clever to make this a part of the yeah. game and also teach people yeah. that there are victims of domestic abuse and that the abuser can um, suffer the pain and understand the realisation that they've done something wrong and perhaps come through yeah. the other yeah. side. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a really good plot point, that, mm. wasn't it? I really enjoyed that, that whole bit of the game, didn't you? Yeah, but it was very sad. I didn't expect to be moved so much by that yeah, plot. Yeah. They're really, really well done in terms of making all these different characters. And then you have other people, like someone like Dijkstra, who's one of the characters, who's a guy, who's this like, ugly-looking man, who um, at one point, is, isn't he besotted with one of the witches? And that kind of... He wants to keep her. There's definitely a few things here about like witches being seen because they have these special powers and because they look so beautiful that they can be kept as a prize, but in the end, it's the witch who has yeah, the last yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah, So I yeah. would really recommend playing The Witcher oh, God, for yeah. anyone. It's it's an excellent game, but it also passes the Beckdale test and introduces strong female characters into a world um, and normalising them, which is yeah. what we're really going for. Yeah, yeah. Next game. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say next. I would say um, anyone who wants to play some games that are female-focused, Lost Legacy is amazing. Yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider and the other the other similar game to the something of the Tomb Raider. I think it's a 20-year anniversary yeah. or something like that. Well, I don't know. Not, not, not a particularly memorable yeah, title, whatever great. it was. Um, there are also a couple of other games like Mirror's Edge, um, it's a completely different setup, which is where um, you're this kind of parkour yeah. girl. Um, uh, there aren't a huge amount. I think we have to face the fact that things are getting better, but they're not sorted. But I think the more that people, men and women, play these female-focused games and they do well and they sell well, the the more that game developers will make more of them yes I think that's a that's a pretty good conclusion because I just don't think I mean a good game is a good game it really doesn't matter to the gamer whether or not that's a female or a male, or a male, a male character and furthermore in a lot of games you you, you you do a build at the start um, and that that build can actually be a male or a female but you know the, the, the gamer makes the choice and a lot of times you find that they will choose a female character because it's just more interesting um, just the ability to have that in the game, and to me, makes perfect sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 they are moving in the right direction. Yeah, not fast enough, but 
we're getting somewhere. I think that now that you have um, more coders who are female, there's a brilliant TV show that I think I might have recommended before called Halt and Catch Fire, which includes um, two developers who are female. It has four main protagonists, series that was on Netflix. Where did I watch it? Amazon? I think it's Amazon Prime. Um, uh, and it ha and that was two really cool but very different female developers. So that's on screen. And then obviously behind the scenes, you have a number of very famous coders now getting out there in kind of Silicon Valley and all of that who are women. I think if you can get more women into games development, I think they can give their opinion to the owners. Yeah, yeah. It, so when it comes to script and story development... Um, making sure that women are more yeah. represented yeah. and that stereotypes like prostitution and dressing sexily and saying things in a certain way and giggling and all of that, like the kind of Japanese Resident Evil model, uh, becomes a thing of the past. So I think that you can apply the Bechdel test to these games and see that not all of them pass, but there is something to be said for a strong female protagonist who interacts with men and women being the way forward. Yeah. I say more determined this time. You shouldn't cross them, I told you. I'm to bar non-humans from this establishment because some thugs threaten me. Not likely. Well, we haven't mentioned as well, quickly, The Last of Us, which is another yeah. story. Yeah story developing game which I think might also be becoming a film so this is something that is is really exciting that they're making better and better quality games with more cinematic storylines which hopefully will transfer to the big screen yeah very cinematic the last of us <coughs> yeah and that has um, two main characters older man younger girl who is about 13 14 who reminds the older guy of his daughter and um, it's post-apocalyptic 20 years after a zombie virus disaster and it's these characters developing their relationship as they make their way through and you watch as this young scared girl who seems to, to only really be existing to annoy the male protagonist and because she might actually hold the secret to stopping the virus yeah. goes on a journey where she has to learn how to shoot and kill to protect herself and also to hunt. There's some really nice scenes in the winter where she has to go and hunt rabbits. Yeah, yeah. Like she do play her at various points. Yes, you yeah. do. You mostly play him, but um, you do play her. And, um, uh, uh, like, care for others, grow up quickly, develop through adolescence. And then there's a separate game afterwards, which is her and her... Um, teenage friend who's potentially a girlfriend so there's kind of a lesbian teenage love story there as well <laughs> yeah. which again is well again it's people waking up to the idea that like most games are most games which have a story are very heteronormative it's like a rom-com that the, the hero and the heroine work out in the end this is a this is like a you know a, two people who are unrelated but a father-daughter dynamic and it involves a, a short lesbian love story there is no other real love story while the characters get from a to z yeah in the game yeah well it's um rather like uncharted it's, it's, it's a very sort of fully realized cinematic sort of film with lots of very well done cutaways 
it's very well acted. I mean, that's, I mean it sounds a bit odd coming from it a game, but, but, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, the, the dialogue is, is very true. It's very real. Um, and yeah, you, you, you've got a sort of strong male character and a, and a relatively strong sort of angry female character. Again, you, you, you're going to struggle to, I don't know about Bechdel test passing with that game. Yes, no, no, no. You are going to struggle with that. No, there yeah. are because there are the fireflies and the Fireflies yeah, the point, are the point. Yeah. girls and guys and there's the leader of the Fireflies and I can't remember her name but she definitely there's some, there is some interaction but yeah. the majority of the, but again as long as you have a little bit you feel like it's there so that's good and there is definitely more interaction between male-female duos it's kind of like the, the gaming version of the road except that the yeah. boy is a girl um, yeah. isn't it really? yeah so already you change the gender and already you have one more girl yeah. in a game yeah. who's doing exactly the same thing. And mm. I think that um, I think that it's just a, a it's nice to see a child played in a realistic or a teenager played in a realistic way. You know, she strops off sometimes and she talks back and sometimes he has to stop her using the gun and it's just it's it's so heart wrenching mm. how you believe that this is the journey she goes through because it's kind of a little bit like The Walking Dead in a game as well, which has always, you know, um, looked at its relationships between the characters in really hard times. Um, I I just think it's an incredibly touching game. It probably does pass the Beckdale test, um, but even then you have a female first player character for at least some of it, and um, there is no change in yes. the enjoyability. I think there's definitely this fear that I keep hearing about and it's, it, you know, it's, you, if you craft your world cleverly enough, then it doesn't matter the gender. No, I don't think it does. It works quite well as, as a game because it's, the, the whole principle of it, of it is that, uh, what's, the, what's the main male character's name? I forget. Joel. Joel. He, he loses his daughter, doesn't he, early, early on in the game. Um, and therefore, when he meets this girl, there's 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 an obvious kind of him effectively just substituting her for his daughter. Well, but trying not to, he pushes yeah. her away for the majority of the game. He's kind of gruff with her. Yeah, he is an anti-hero to some extent because he's been making his living like selling these drugs and things like that, and just keeping his head down. And he's a very different person to the man he was. Yeah. in the kind of um, cutscene prologue of the game, which is before the. Um, well, he's a, he's a, you know he's a single father with a daughter, which is an interesting dynamic as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, it is at the beginning. Sort of, a, he's, he's sort of a relatively morally upstanding guy, though, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he, he does what he has to to survive, to be sure. Which but, is like the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely has values, um, and the girl is likewise doing um, what she has to to survive, and and the the, the two sort of worlds don't always meet um, perfectly because th th there's. Uh, what Joel thinks is a, a right, the, the right thing to do to survive isn't necessarily what she thinks and so on and so forth. So it's a sort of an education trip as they make their way across America for, for, in zombie For land. each other, yeah, yeah, for each other, because she is a child who has grown up in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. She had a completely different experience to his daughter, um, and so it can't be the same relationship. And also, Joel portrays his hurt so, so well all the way through that. Um... But yeah, I think that these storytelling games are 
they're quite possibly the way forward. They're very involving. Um, it, it, it sort of depends what you're after from a game, I suppose. But the, if if you're looking to, I suppose, where where a good place to create more female characters is, that this will probably be it. Um, because you have such a scope to really create deep, meaningful characters there. And this will bring on more female gamers. Yeah. There is very much still a taboo um, amongst, you know, non-millennial people maybe, or non, you know, um, 21st century born people, which is that um, gaming is for boys and not for girls. And I think that that's kind of, that, that that's established by parents and schools and things when people are young anyway or that shooting games yeah. are for boys and not for girls girls want to you know i don't know not even collect pokemon but but something more yeah. you know fun yeah. hearted animal crossing all those kind of things yeah. and i think that um that is not the case and people need to wise up yeah because it's just fun to play for anyone um and also there are lots of other games out there which could really do with more female characters like Metal Gear Solid mm. um, yeah. a lot of these um, you know first person strategy shooters mm. or more strategy games so th there is a huge section that isn't inviting for yeah. Yeah. girl gamers and yeah. maybe putting more female characters in there would be a start yeah I think it would I think it's a good idea. And to be said, a game is a game. If you've got a female character, it doesn't matter. The gameplay is going to be the same. It's not going to affect anything. People are going to if you if you've made a good game, if you programmed a good game, then it makes no difference really. So go for it. The, there is definitely this huge crossover now between gaming and TV and film, and it's coming at the same time as more mm. female characters are getting in games. Yeah. So I think good things are to come. I think you're right. Is this really all they had to worry about? Boys? Movies? Deciding which shirt goes with which skirt? It's bizarre. So, um, one more game we thought we'd have a quick chat about is um, uh, Bloodborne, uh, which is a game I've been grappling with for the last sort of few months now. Um, it's if you know anything about gaming, it's rather similar to the... It's by, by the same people who did the Souls series of games. Dark Souls. Dark Souls series of games. But they are... Essentially, it is a... You play... Uh, it's, it's very vague. The plot is very vague, so don't try and understand it. But you play a, a character who can be male or can be female. You build your character at the start. Um, you work your way through this sort of diseased city called um, Yarnum, killing various creatures which have infested the city, interacting with various people along the way, killing various bosses along the way, um, with the ultimate goal of, well, just completing the game. It's, it's a slightly old-fashioned sort of game in that, in that respect, but it is quite, um, quite rewarding. It's tremendously difficult, I have to say. You, you, you really have to persist with this game. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say they gave up after you know so many hours because they just couldn't do it. But actually, once you, once you really persist with it and you learn how the game works, actually it's quite rewarding. Um, so we thought we'd have a little chat about that. Um, on the, so to start with, you've got your, your main character who is, na who is basically nameless, although you get to call him whoever you want. Or her. Or her. Can be male, can be female. You decide that at the start. Um, 
and then you, you worm your way through sort of meeting various NPCs. Now, the, the NPC interactions are a little bit light. They're not, they're, they're not, they're, there's no cutaway scene. Well, there are, but not, not proper ones, no. not like The Last of Us or anything like that. Um, and then you've got the bosses, which probably we should talk about as well, as being um, not all male, but no. actually a few female ones in there as well. Um, Some of them I'd say you can't really tell if they have any kind of gender. Yeah, but I, I, when something's called Vicar Amelia... Yeah, or Murgo's wet nurse. I, I think we can safely assume Murgo's uh, wet nurse is a woman. A wet nurse is a job, though. You but could be a man. I think, I a, think it's a woman. I think as a wet nurse you have to be a woman. What, because you think... I don't think you're suckling. Think, you're saying that's, that's what no, a wet nurse, you that's what feed a, from a, bo- a bottle. I'm pretty sure that's what a wet Ooh, nurse is, but right. there you go. Yeah, but um, I, I think... Well, OK, fine, you feed the milk, but where you get it from? <laughs> Good point. OK. Um, I mean, I, I noted that quite a lot of the, the characters are... That the NPCs are actually female. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to say that Bloodborne... Clues in the name. It's a very, very bloodthirsty game. Yeah. There is blood spilled everywhere. The point of the game is to kill anyone in your path. Now, if you're going to look at that in terms of, like, you know, male aggression or violence in video games, you could say there is an awful lot of that. Um, it's incredibly stylized. It's from Hayao Miyazaki, so there's this just beautifully rendered worlds created, very mm. dark and foreboding. And... Um, so already, you, you, this is like nothing else you've seen. And then as you go through the game, yes, you could be playing a female character. Um, you collect a lot of different uh, garments. It's very important how you look. You can change how you dress. Yeah. And that includes dresses as well as male outfits. So I think that was really, that was a nice touch. Yeah, it to was. Yeah, it was good. And also you have interactions with... These NPCs who control different parts of the game and they are just as interesting and informative to the plot, whether they're male or female. Um, You have some who are in a bit more traditional female roles, but you also have like a a doctor. You have... A dodgy um, doctor. Yes, Uh, who's performing performing illegal experiments. But, uh, you know... Um, you have uh, Ethel the Crow? Eileen the Crow. Crow. Sorry, you have Eileen the Crow, who is this, like, really strong northern accented... (laughs) She's like Jon Snow. She's the Jon Snow of Bloodborne, isn't she? She is very much like that. But she is, is in theory, yeah, as as you say, she is the hunter of hunters. Um, And she's very powerful, and when you battle her... There is no difference in her strengths. Mm. And there is no difference in any of the strengths of the big bosses that you have to kill, irrespective of their yeah. gender. Yeah. And they are separately gendered. Well, some of them, blood-starved beast, and some of the other ones, are just these horrific creatures and gender isn't yeah. part of it. But in this world, you are a hunter. You are here to kill other people and take their blood echoes, which is mm. the whole city's powered by blood. It's all very weird. But at no point did I think... Women are being treated well, it's, badly it's in, in this it's game, interesting. or portrayed. I mean, the concept of of the hunt and the hunters, anyway. Um, so, so actually, every man so, or woman for so, themselves. So you are in theory this hunter, but in, but it, but you also encounter other hunters along along on route. Some of which are male, some of which are female. Yeah, more male than female. Yeah, you can you can you can request the assistance of hunters as well. Again, some male, some female, probably again, more male, more male. you have to say. More of the bosses are male yeah. too. Um, and then, but then you, 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 you interact with 
your progress through the game is is not it's not determined by this, but you can choose to progress by interacting with various sort of people along the way and doing sort of various things in a negative or positive yeah in a negative way. or positive way. But most I, I actually think more than fifty percent of those are female. Actually, now that I think so, you about think it. that that in terms of moving the game along in the non-fighting parts of yes. the game. Yeah. Now I have. Now we should stress with that that, that it's mostly about it, fighting. It, as you say, it is a fighting game. <laughs> yeah. so, you, know, you are not getting the depth of stories. No. It's not going to bring a tear to your eye and no. say that the Last of Us is, is going only to be. for the disgusting <laughs> creatures and what they look like. Yeah. Um, but but th- but they did you know they did decide for some, whatever reason to, to to have a lot of these sort of female characters, and then we get to the bosses yeah that the, the bosses are funny old sort of like uh... I don't think gender well, some of them have got female names and that's good gender doesn't really come into it they're just some horrible creature that you have to get past well, we haven't mentioned the woman in Hunter's Dream does oh, the she doll. have a name the doll. oh she's a doll yeah. now that's a weird concept in itself <laughs> because she has this very oh, I will help you do everything she's a dreamlike voice which makes sense because you're effectively in a dream and her job is to basically give you whatever you want if you have enough blood echoes which is kind of the trading currency yeah. I don't think she's negatively portrayed I don't and you see her all the time, so she is constantly on screen. She's, you have to go to her to level up. She's robotic. I mean, she's like a she's like the bloodborne version of an android, really, just do it, doing a pre-programmed task, isn't she? In the True, but I'm glad she's a woman. She's not she's not victimised no, or treated any no, differently. No. She's just the vessel for levelling up. Yeah. But I I'm glad she's a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no reason for it not to be. Um, I just think Bloodborne is a is a good example of a game where gender has nothing to do with the game. Yeah. So we've been talking about games where we want female protagonists and gender has something to do with the games because we want to show that women are as strong and as interesting as first person protagonists. But the the beauty of Bloodborne, particularly if you have created your character to be a woman, which to some extent you kind of did, or you definitely put men in a dress. Um, I did run around in a dress. Yeah, uh, as your male. Uh, you, you, like, it, it's literally about getting through this hunt, getting through this night and killing all these creatures and getting to the end and learning about things. And gender plays absolutely no part yeah, in that. I, I, think, I think what they've really done there is created a universe, created a path through the game, which is going to be difficult for you. Um, and then created options for you to do it as a male or a female, but as you say, irrelevant to the game. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Um, but the, the very fact that they gave you that option and just say, hey, do, do what you want, the game's going to be the same, I think was an interesting choice, actually. It, this is a kind of post-gender gaming world yeah. that we want to aim towards. Well, uh, may, maybe not, because maybe we should be having female stories like The Lost Legacy. Yeah. I think that that we need a world that has some male stories that can still have female characters dotted around so it's not only male. But then you have female-led stories because that might add something from the the woman's experience. And then, yeah, these games, you know, you can say Tetris is a a non-gender... Based game. Hey, look, I, I found that 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 L shape, you know, quite uh, quite <laughs> provocative. Yeah. yeah. So there are these games where gender, but Bloodborne is is so clever because it is it looks like it's a storytelling game that maybe gender would play or characters would play a part, but really it's actually a Tetris, yeah. which is that you are you. It's your experience. No one is no one is being portrayed 
irrespective of gender, any negatively or more positive. No, I don't think they are. There, are, they are. there are good and, and bad think, characters, mostly bad. Yeah, well, I, and I think as well, the, the, the creatures that you encounter are gender neutral for the most part. You just don't know what they... They're, they're, they're just monsters. That, that's all they really are. And, and you just progress through the game like that. Um, as I say, really hard game. <laughs> it's, it's, so we recommend Bloodborne if yeah. you're willing... <laughs> to make not, it through. Not, yeah, basically, if, you, if you've got a lot of patience and not going to end up throwing your <laughs> PS4 across the room in frustration. Um, but you can do that as a girl. But you can do that as a girl's boy. We recommend a girl. Do it as a girl. Build <laughs> yeah. yourself as a girl. Yeah. Do the world a favour. Bloodborne as a girl. What are you still doing here? Enough trembling in your boots. A hunter must hunt. What are you still doing here? This is the end of the podcast. So now, beautiful music called The Fields of Ard Skellig from The Witcher 3 to play us out. See you next time. Bye. Bye.